Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Happy New Year. Andrea Barber. Jody Sweeten. <laughs> first of 2024. Yes. Well, for us, well, anyway. for us, this, it's our first recording session of yes. 2024. How were your holidays? Did you have a nice Christmas and New Year's? I got sick. Oh, no. Uh, at one point, not like, t- I, it was pretty crappy for like two days, uh, but it was a perfect, re- like, I just gave myself permission to like, just kind of be mellow. Oh, good. Um, so yeah, no, but it was, other than that, it was great. It was easy, you know, small family, just small little get together at the house, have oh. kids and my husband and my parents. And yeah, that was really it. And then oh. New Year's, uh, we did, uh, you know, night, we we did our, our New Year's celebration at 9 p.m. And that was it. Oh, that's, isn't that the best? Yeah. That's the best. Yeah. I did not. I know up this is midnight. airing a couple weeks later, so people are very much over yeah, here. Like, we don't want to hear about Christmas. Like, <laughs> but I feel like January is that month when it's like it, the first time you see people, you're like, okay, we. I have to you're tell you up. how it's yeah, the, how yeah. the holidays were. Yeah. yeah, very true, very true. Nothing, um, nothing. It, yeah, February is really when we start back to to work. That's what <laughs> right. <I feel> like. <laughs> that's when my that's when my brain finally goes right, back somewhere to work. around mid February. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I did not stay up till uh, midnight. I, I well, I went to bed at at eleven p.m. for which was late for me uh, right. on New Year's. And Christmas was fine. I felt like the the winter break was so long. Like Felicity didn't go back to school until today. Right. Yeah. Beach so she had too. a very long uh, winter break. It felt like years. But um, now we're all back. Back to work. Back to school. All right. Um, back it to was, business. Back to podcasting. Yes. And my I, I'm very on edge because I've. <gasps> Felicity Why? takes What's her wrong? driving test in a few weeks, so we've been 
really Got emphasizing it. going out every day and driving, and it is absolutely hell. Like it is, my, mm. it is the my. I don't know if Zoe has started. Is she? I don't know if she has a permit or if she's getting geared Not up. Not yet, for that. but she's working on it. She's, she's working, working on, on it. it. Okay. So. Oh well, I think you'll be a much better um, driving instructor than I am because I am a very nervous driver. I'm a very nervous passenger. Oh, I'm gonna. Ha- I, yeah, it's. I'm a little. She's done like parking lot driving, so not like real driving. Okay. So we'll get there, though. We'll get there. Yeah, I hate it. I hated it when I taught Tate. I hate it now. It's I'm, I've got knots in my yeah, neck. Yeah, it's not fun teaching your kids anything is like stressful, and they're stressed, and you're stressed. Yeah, and then teaching them how to operate a vehicle around other people operating vehicles. Is oh, just right, terrifying. There's so right. many things that could go wrong. Right, because you're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> And she's good. Like she's she's a good driver, but she is she is nervous like me, which is not good. So I always say I'm like, well, you're great as long as no other cars are on the road. But once other cars get mm, on the road, that's going to be a problem here in L.A. <laughs> it's a little bit <laughs> it's of a problem. So not be so easy. Got to learn yeah. to drive defensively in uh, in yeah. L.A. Yeah, it's not not an easy state to yeah. drive in for sure. Uh, I mean, as we've seen on the show apparently San Francisco is also not a great city to drive in. Oh You're, yeah, you know cars go sailing into into bays, right? And, and motorcycles get damaged. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's all because it's of Jesse. <laughs> yeah, he is going to be hard to insure. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, State Farm is going to drop him. Oh like yeah, that State Farm is not always on his side. <laughs> um. <laughs> Well, let's get into um, this next episode. Let's Continuing on We're with season season two. two. Oh man, season two, episode two. Yeah, I, this, is a, this is a big one for you too, by the way, which I loved. It's uh, yeah, no, it is a big one. My name's in the title: Tanner versus. Gibbler. I know. Um, okay, so today we're discussing season two, episode two: Tanner versus Gibbler, which originally aired on October twenty first, nineteen eighty eight, and it goes a little something like this. Danny starts a new job at the TV station, co-hosting a morning talk show called Wake Up San Francisco. He meets his new co-host, Rebecca Donaldson, just days before work is supposed to begin. Also, DJ throws a surprise birthday party for Kimmy, but Kimmy's older friends clash with DJ, causing a rift between the girls. (gasps) This is our first big fight, Uh, DJ and Kimmy's first big fight, and I am here for this. Uh, it was directed by John Boab. I don't know if I yes. said that right. Um, I, that, I mean, that looks right. Okay, it looks phonetically right to me. speaking. Yeah, I, I have not. I I uh, I will say I don't know. I don't remember. I don't Mr. either. Boab. I have no uh, recollection directing. of this. But director. I loved the. I loved the. Um, some of the shots. It was different. It felt, it felt different. It felt. Uh, it felt a little more soap opera at moments. Oh. Like there was a shot where you're like kind of in the foreground and oh, DJ yeah. walks in and like, mm-hmm. and there were a couple things like sitting in the window seat of one of the, of the oh, yeah. girls room that we don't usually do just some pieces of like set that weren't necessarily used or like moving the camera up into set a little bit more. It was, it was interesting. I liked I, it. I liked it too. Different. I liked it yeah. too. I I'm, I'm interested if this style will continue or if this director comes back, I don't know. I but, don't um, know. I don't know. It'll be interesting. I liked it. I, I liked his style. So I'm yes. a big fan, big fan of John Boab. Uh, yes. This episode was written by Lenny Rips, who we yes. love. I love Lenny Rips because he he created Kimmy Gibbler, and so he included me in a lot of his scripts. So yep, he I'm created Kimmy, and he he loved writing for Steph too. He liked Aww. he liked writing for the little smart ass lines for Steph. Oh yes, the best. You always had the best smart aleck lines. <laughs> 
Uh, and we have several notable guest stars this week. Most notable, we have the introduction of Lori Lachlan as Becky Donaldson, which is, oh my thank goodness. God, thank God Becky has arrived. Right? Oh, it's <laughs> time. I can't, I can't take any more. I, I can't deal with Jesse anymore without, no. without Becky. No. We've got to. Like she is, we've a cut the mullet. I've, we're, we're stepping in the right direction here with season two. Jesse's yeah. like a snake shedding his old skin, yeah, and he's yeah. emerging. He's, he's as growing. This new. He's growing. It's lovely. Oh, yeah. thank goodness. Um, and so Lori, she had appeared on CBS Movies of the Week and specials, but most notably, she was in Back to the Beach with Frankie and Annette, mm, uh, and could... also the movie Rad. Oh. Does anyone remember that? that movie? No. Yeah, the movie Rad. Oh. I think it was Rad. I always get Rad and Gleaming the Cube uh, oh. confused. Okay. But I believe it was Rad. And I think it was BMX riding, like, bi- like bike riding. Maybe it was skateboarding. I feel like Gleaming the Cube was skateboarding. And that this might have been like a Rad bike riding, like BMX oh, thing. Oh, okay. Know. Never but, yeah. seen it. Never heard of it. All right. Yep. But good to know. Good to know. Very 80s, obviously. Oh, with it a movie sounds very rad. 80s. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just, you can picture the neon. <laughs> um, also guest starring this week is Kimberly Dunham as Melissa. And Amy Foster as Nina. I immediately recognized this I did this too. Girl. I was like, oh my gosh, you're on so many things. She's yeah. on so many things. Um, she's most well known for playing Margot on Punky Brewster. That's what I remember. From that and she played Claire in Troop of Beverly Hills. I remember yes. that too. Like yep, yep. such a great movie. Um, yeah, she was just a sitcom queen in the '90s. Charles in Charge, Wonder Years, Empty Nest, Step by Step. Just these iconic shows. Uh, yeah, what a, yeah, what a resume. Um, and she stopped acting back in 1994, uh, which I, I can relate to. That's right about the time yeah. I stopped acting as well. Right, yeah. Uh, but she did appear as Margot when Punky Brewster did their reboot in uh, oh, yeah. 2021. So that's, that's great awesome. that she came back for that. Good for her. Yeah. Um, and then our last guest star of this week is Richard Paul as Mr. Strobridge. Also a very well-known character actor that yes. I've seen in a ton of things. Yeah. And I think he comes back. He he comes back later in uh, yeah. later episodes too, which is great because he's such a great actor. He played yeah. Jerry Falwell in The People versus Larry Flint. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yes. And he was a star of a 70s TV show called Carter Country. Hmm. County. Carter County. Well, that too. <laughs> <laughs> Carter. I can't read. Uh, Carter County. Okay. And so he has tons of TV credits to his name, um, but sadly he passed away in 1998. Oh. So very sad I did not know that. Yeah. But yeah, uh, some definite like faces that you've seen on a lot of uh, 80s and yeah. 90s TV shows and stuff in this episode. Very recognizable. And he plays, he's, he does such a good job as Danny's boss trying to yeah. talk Danny down. Yes. Um. So we open, we have new opening credits. Like I had wondered new last time. Credits. We got yep. new credits. I knew the kids had gotten new credits uh, the last yep. episode. But now, yeah. John, with the, haircut. with the haircut, he's got a new opening credit, which is great. There's an updated shot of the family Riding in Bullet the Convertible on the bridge. Right. Um, it looks like there's some Did new you, scenes in the park. In uh, there, Some new stuff in the park. Yeah, John's got like the black hat on. That, mm-hmm. Like we kind of redid the running scene. Um, like, Oh, yeah. Uh, it, that we shot in the park and like the soccer or whatever. And right. then there was a couple things in a grocery store. I did not remember the part of the intro where there's like 
women talking to the baby in the cart and the three guys are at the grocery store. Like, I don't remember that. Right. That was just, hey, you know, it's, they got to appeal to all the, they, yeah. the, the Jesse But I was like, oh, that, Jesse well, because it was sort of like in the first season where the, the two girls walk by and, you know, Jesse and oh, Joey yeah. go like off that way. It was that moment, but the updated version. The updated the version. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was great. It was great. Yeah. Michelle is just a, a woman magnet, a babe magnet, if you will. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So great. Uh, and then instead of, at the very last shot, instead of picking up the baby off the kitchen floor, Bob picks up a toddler, or the to- Michelle as a toddler walks over to him and he picks her up and puts her in the yes. chair for the family dinner. So great. Yes. Uh, this is such a good updated um, opening yeah. credits. I loved it. So we open, our cold open, in Michelle's room where Michelle is bouncing on her little horse rocker when Jesse asks if she wants to go sleepy. Michelle promptly answers no. So Joey asks if she wants to stay up all night. And again, she answers no. Jesse scoffs and questions, well, isn't Mr. Horsey tired? Michelle tells him no. And Joey asks, are you going to say anything but no? And Michelle responds, no. No. <laughs> Clearly, this is a word she has very learned. Toddler. She's very yes. excited to, to showcase her, uh, her, her new lexicon of the word. Right. No. <laughs> oh, yeah. When toddlers learn no, they're like, I'm going to say it for everything. Else. <laughs> it's so funny. So Joey tries to trick her, asking, what's your favorite James Bond movie? Would it happen to be Doctor? (laughs) And Michelle finishes by saying, no. (laughs) And I laughed at this part because you can see um, Mary-Kate or Ashley staring straight up at the boom mic. I was going to say, remember how the... the the boom... So a boom mic is like, it's a long... It's like on a long stick. And (laughs) on sitcoms, they had like these little like podium things. And so this, the, the boom mic will go into set mm-hmm. and it's kind of on a stick and the operator can be turning it depending on who's talking and things. But yeah. you know, to a baby, it's this little thing that's like up in the air sort of moving around. And so they were fascinated by it. Fascinated. They'd be like, oh, and like, look at it. And you know, they would be like moving around and they'd like play games with it and stuff. And yeah, it was, uh, and you can't tell a toddler, it. don't look at that. Like, don't look at it. Yeah. Cause they're like, what's it. that thing? Yeah. <laughs> And it's near enough that they're like, should I touch it? Yeah. Yes. So. <laughs> I'm sure we'll see this again in future episodes oh, yeah. of them saw, uh, trying yes, to grab it. a lot it. of times. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. Um, so Jesse and Joey laugh at Michelle's response, and Jesse admits, it seems like we're unable to put a two-year-old to bed. Joey asks Jesse if it's possible that she's smarter than them. They both start to shake their heads no when Michelle simply smiles and says, yes. And that is the button on our cold open. (laughs) It's very, very, very cute. So then we continue in the kitchen where Jesse is singing as he makes peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Danny walks over to Michelle with a roll of tape in his hand, giving her a handy hint. He says, if you put masking tape around your hand, sticky side out, it's useful for removing that unsightly lint from jacket or sweater. (laughs) Did did Danny Tanner invent the lint roller? (gasps) Oh. Yeah, this is pre-lint roller. Is Ooh. that pre-lint roller? Well, it's either I'm a just... makeshift one or, or maybe he invented right? it. Right? Wow. Let's go with that. Danny Tanner invented okay. Danny the Tanner lint invented the lint roller. roller. There we go. That would track. Yeah. Uh, so Danny is demonstrating this, uh, the effectiveness of his lint roller on Michelle's sweater. And Jesse chimes in, there's something every toddler needs to know. <laughs> 
Danny, again, leaning into his like OCD, oh. we're seeing he's more and more fastidious about everything. Yeah, it's very, very strong, this character trait. It, he's de- The writers definitely leaned into this uh, on, for season two. <laughs> yeah. So DJ announces she made a list of the food that she needs to get for Kimmy's surprise birthday party. She rattles off grape soda, orange soda, caramel corn, cherry licorice, and ice cream. Joey asks, why stop? Why shop? Just put out a bowl of white sugar. <laughs> Pretty sure. much. Well, yeah. That's all and that's kids any parties, good sleepovers yeah. <laughs> made of. Yeah, exactly. It's just straight pixie sticks. Yep. Uh, the phone rings and Danny answers it, telling the person on the other line that he'll be right there. He tries to hang up, but he's unable to let go of the phone because the sticky tape is still on his hand from his handy tip demonstration. See, that's where he came up with the lint roller. He was like, I, you, you need a separate device ah. to put the sticky on because if you put it on your hand, you're going to get stuck to things. You're going to so get stuck to the phone. Yeah. Where it, came, where it came from. This is the origin of lint rollers. The origin of the lint roller. It all makes yeah. sense now. <laughs> so he tries to pull himself together. Bob is so funny in this where he's like knocking over the desk lamp oh, and yeah. everything. It's just, he does such a good job with this bit. Uh, but once he pulls himself together, he tells Jesse and Joey that that was his boss on the phone and he needs him down at the station right away. He excitedly mentions that his boss said he has some good news, but then he corrects himself, realizing he actually said big news. Then he worriedly tells them, well, that could be bad news. Danny starts to spiral, questioning wh- why, why didn't he say, why didn't I ask him? He throws his arms up in the air and tells them, I'll worry on the way. And he rushes out the door. That was a very Bob moment. Such a Bob moment. Just yeah. neurotic, worried right. about things that you don't need to worry about. Right. And right. not letting anyone get a word not in letting, not letting anyone, right, and then just leaving. And yes. be like, oh. and still worried. Yes. Yeah. Such, that was definitely an art imitates life moment. Yes. Joey says aloud, why does he make himself so crazy? And Jesse admits he doesn't know, but he points out that uh, on the plus side, there's no lint on the phone. <laughs> Very, very delinted. That uh, fabulous blue phone that matches the curtains. That's so great that it matches it's the same so hue great. of blue as the curtains. That's just yeah. such detail. Yep. So Stephanie walks in uh, and you're wearing this very cool Scotty Dog sweater, which kind uh, of- I am. It was my mom's first dog, actually, was a Scotty dog oh, so, when she was uh, like 20 years old and it ate all of her shoes. Oh, but no. um, yeah, they was very cute on a sweater. And is this the same sweater you're wearing in your intro in the your opening credit? I feel like it's the same I, mm, or a similar sweater. I don't know. It might be. Might be. It might be. Yeah. In repeat. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe this was the week yeah. that they shot those title credits and they're like, here. Right. Could just be. go go open the front door with a backpack. I don't Probably. Know. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but Stephanie's carrying two pretty poofy dresses in her hand. And she asks DJ, which one of these dresses will I look cuter in at your party? DJ breaks it to her that she wouldn't like this party. It's going to be a bunch of sixth graders. So Steph holds up the dress on her left saying, in that case, I'll wear this one. It makes me look older. <laughs> yes. <laughs> DJ responds, let me say this as nice as I can. You're in first grade, and all the kids at this party are in the sixth grade. And she holds up one and six fingers to represent this numerical difference. Stephanie shoots right back, holding up her fingers to match DJ's. What if I bring five other first graders? <laughs> yes. The math makes sense. It's, it's The math is mathing. The math you know? is math. That's very creative for a, for a yeah. first grader to come up with that. I, I laughed. 
Yeah. But DJ rolls her eyes and she calls Uncle Jesse over to give to give backup as Steph calls out to Uncle Joey to have him help them because the girls are arguing. They start yelling at each other. Jesse and Joey pull them away and bringing them to their neutral corners so that they can work it out and understand this dispute. This remind this is like a callback to the oat boat episode. I was gonna say it's the very sisterly thing, and yes. I've watched it go down at my house. Like, oh my god, you can't. There was an argument last night between my kids because uh, one B commented on Zoe's friend's post. Oh no, you can't do that. I was like, you you can't do that. You can't yeah. control what other people are <laughs> right. commenting but it very, on. Yeah, yeah, this is just the the test of siblings. Right? Oh it's man, like, don't it's... talk to my friends. Don't look at them. Yeah, don't you're be around them. You're doing yeah. all the wrong things at all the yeah. wrong times. Yeah. yeah. This is- and Steph's like, I just need to look cute and it's going to be fine. Right. Why wouldn't she be invited to this party? Um, so DJ goes first and she tells the uncles, well, she thinks she's coming to my party. And Steph nods and admits, I do think that. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Yes. Joey suggests to Stephanie, well, why don't we have our own super duper party upstairs? Doesn't that sound like fun? Steph cringes and asks, does that sound like fun to you? <laughs> Steph's got Joey's number. Like she yeah, does. she's like, no, dude. This she's is, like, don't, don't lie to me. Yeah, yeah, don't even. DJ thanks Jesse and Joey for their help. And suddenly, Kimmy barges in, asking DJ if she's ready for school. Jesse scolds her, asking, how can you just barge into people's houses? Don't you ever knock? Kimmy tells him, well, I looked in the window. Nobody was in their underwear. She continues, when you're in your underwear, I knock. And Jesse walks away as he says, we need to get a guard dog. Ah, <laughs> is so this the first time that we've watched Kimmy just barge in? I feel like it is. This is the first I feel like the other times moment. Kimmy's already been in the house and usually been leaving. Yes. But this is her first. This is the first of Kramer-esque entrance times. of like just running into the house and being like, hi, I live here too. Barging in and that the sound of the, the kitchen door closing behind oh, me, like it just brings slam. up yep. that slam. Yep. Is so, um, yeah, it's just ingrained in my memory. I have a, a Pavlovian response whenever I yeah. hear that. <laughs> so DJ walks up to Kimmy telling her happy birthday and reminding her, we're going to the movies tonight. So come get me at exactly seven o'clock. Stephanie hears this and asks movies. Well, what happened to Kimmy's surprise party? Oh, Stephanie. Kimmy's eyes get really wide and she asks a surprise party for me. All right. Steph realizes her mistake and says, oops, way to go. Didn't you do this last season too? You're giving away surprises. Yeah, like so, nobody I mean, should tell you was, anything. I, Steph was, uh, when Danny came home and she was like, but you guys actually did this. And they were like, no, we didn't. And she was like, yeah, actually you did. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Stephanie, just a, you're such, a, such the quintessential little sister. <laughs> right. So DJ looks at Steph and tells her she's dead meat. But Kimmy assures her that she'll act surprised. She then asks, hey, can I invite my two friends from karate class, Nina and Melissa? DJ tells her, hey, it's your surprise party. You can invite whoever you want. Stephanie chimes in, I'm free tonight. Invite me. <laughs> You're just so desperate to come to this party. Oh, poor Steph. Like, she just never stops trying. She just wanted a friend, I, man. She, she, yeah. <laughs> Steph never, yeah. She was always looking for her people. I admire uh, your persistence in this entire yeah. episode. So the girls leave without giving her an answer. And Steph yells after them, you don't have to answer that now. Think it over. And Kimmy slams the door without answering. And Steph says, how, how rude. rude. Yeah. So this, but it's more of a, how 
rude. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. it was a very yeah a different little slight change of the intonation and the yeah yeah the drawing out of the rude the rude yeah yeah. This is definitely a full fledged catchphrase at this point. It is. This is stuck. They, yeah. they tried out some other ones like nobody asked me, but I think this is right. What nobody they asked me on. did not. Did not stick. Yeah. Pin a rose with your uh, pin a rose on your nose came and went every once in a while. But oh, how, rude how rude was the the catchphrase? Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on Wasp. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. They burned us and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel, and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us, so we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They prey on, you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. At this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me, and not just because I've already experienced it, sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up <laughs> you couldn't believe it from iheart podcasts it's like the police knew who he was before they got here a story about money power and corruption the medical school dean at usc was leading a secret double life he's breathing right now yes he's absolutely breathing i'm a doctor actually there's no way that that guy's a doctor i'm paul pringle and i'm an investigative reporter for the la times this is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, the story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. 
So we cut to uh, the news station, and it is Becky's first appearance on the show. Woohoo! Becky! Becky is being given a tour around the set of Wake Up San Francisco as her boss, Mr. Strobridge, asks, Do you like it? She exclaims, Like it? I love it. I could live here. Then she adds, All this place needs is a sink, a toaster oven, and maybe a wall right about there. And she points to where the fourth wall would go. She tells her boss that she can't wait to meet her co-host. Mr. Strobridge assures her that Danny Tanner should be here any second. And then we see a man quickly run past the screen. <laughs> that was so fast. Like Bob was I know, right? super well, fast. He had long legs. He was very yeah, tall. Very true. So the boss confirms that was him. Don't worry. He'll be back. And Danny walks back into the set, scoots past Becky saying, excuse me, and immediately tells Mr. Strobridge that he can't wait to hear the big news. He confirms with Mr. Strobridge that it is big good news, isn't it? And his boss assures him that, yes, it is very good news. Mr. Strobridge tells Danny, tonight will be your last sportscast. Danny's shocked, assuming that he's getting fired. As he responds, as he responds it's interesting how one man's good is another man's bad. Mr. Strobridge tries to explain, but Danny cuts him off, pleading, what did I do? I'm always on time. The ratings are up. I never step on the weatherman's jokes. Who are you going to get to replace me? He's panicked. This is Bob right here. This is Bob, right. This just Bob. are off the deep end. And you're like, wait, 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 hold on. Yeah. And he it's won't already stop panicking or talking. Right. So Mr. Strobridge tries calming him and he introduces Becky as the newest member of the Channel 8 family. Becky stands up, shaking Danny's hand and admitting it's wonderful to meet him. Danny politely, politely agrees and then turns around to his boss and asks, you're going to hire her? <laughs> Danny turns back to Becky and pleads, well, before you accept this job, can you just take a look at my three little girls here? And he flips <laughs> open his wallet and shows her the pictures of them as he continues, you can't see their feet, but boy, do they go through shoes. Becky is very uncomfortable. She just kind of uncomfortably laughs. I mean, right. What are you supposed well, to say to this? Just be like her, right? You're like, sir, I don't, you've insulted me. You're showing me pictures of your kids. I don't know. Talking about their feet. Just, right. Right, yeah. So she just says like, oh, cute kids and tries to move on. Mr. Strobridge butts in, telling Danny, you're not being fired. You and Rebecca will be co-hosting Wake Up San Francisco. Danny is shocked, asking, Really? His boss reassures him, and Danny yells, I'm the new host of Wake Up San Francisco. Becky taps him on the shoulder and reminds him, co-host. Danny tells her, I can live with that. Can you imagine getting a surprise job like that? Uh, yeah. Suddenly a new job you're and, like, a, and a oh, new co-host. Someone's like, come in. And we're like, we've given you a new job. Yeah. Like, what? Didn't You've even ask him what show. he thought yeah, about it. Didn't even ask. There were no negotiations. <laughs> there were no, what's Danny getting paid? Is he getting paid the same to host Wake Up San Francisco as he right. was to do the sports cast? This is a completely different time of day. He so probably has to get there at 5 a.m. now. Right. The schedule's changed. This feels like a lot to just spring on a person. I, this is true. I didn't think about I that. I get why Danny, Danny's a little upset. He's allowed to be a little unhinged here because yeah. this is. Yeah, yeah. Quite the surprise coming from yeah. the boss. I'd love if someone was just like, hey, guess what? You that just what? I have a you yeah, you're giving me a new show job what? and a yeah. new co-host. <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh so great. Sitcoms. Yeah. Uh so Danny thanks his boss and gives him a hug. Then he gives Becky a hug, telling her, Oh, you'll get used to this. I hug everybody. <laughs> Something that would not fly today. <laughs> Keep your hands to yourself. Keep, yeah, just can you imagine hugging someone at your work and going, you'll get used to this. I hug everybody. Like, no, you don't. Like, not me. No. 
Uh, so Becky laughs and tells him she likes people who hug. Mr. Strobridge excitedly tells them this is just what I was hoping for. Chemistry. That's what's going to take us from number three to number one. He pats both hosts on the shoulder and knowingly says, San Francisco is going to love the two of you. He tells them that they'll be starting Monday. And Danny, once again, panics. Becky, For good reason. His yes. entire, he's got three kids. There's school. There's, yes. you know, this is child such, care. This is, there's this no time, is really no time none. to adjust to this massive Mm-mm. change in no. his life. But Becky assures him that's the best way to do it. Just jump right in there and have fun. But Danny is baffled by what Becky is saying. He tells her it's going to take hours and hours of relentless rehearsal to make it look like we're having fun. Becky says, well, unless we actually are having fun. Danny is questioning this. He says, Rebecca, no offense, but have you ever hosted a talk show before? Mm-hmm. She t- mm-hmm. I love this response. I was like, oh, oh yes. I didn't have it, Becky. Becky, yeah. Becky shoots back. As a matter of fact, I have. AM Omaha for two years. Mm-hmm. Take that, Danny. She asks if Danny has ever hosted a talk show before, and he pauses and then responds, that's kind of personal. <laughs> I love that moment. Because, so, so you know, it, like for the 80s, it was a moment, like she was like, actually, yes, I have. Have you? And it was like, I... Well, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's like, wait, I, oh, I he wasn't that. expecting yeah, the question yeah, to yeah. come back to him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so funny. Great. And I agree, they do have great chemistry as a co-host oh, yeah. at this point. On a, I was going to say, on a side note, though, oh. I, I have to say, can we talk about the fact that Lori hasn't aged? No. Like she In looks, 36 years, she has not. She probably wear those same pants. I know, I'm you know? sure she can't. She has the same Look, Becky with the great hair. Like she, Becky, yeah. yeah. Like she's always been just stunningly beautiful yeah. and timeless. And uh, yeah. yeah, she's just fantastic. I was like, like she came on screen. I was like, you're the same person. Yeah. yeah she looks great. I'm telling anyway. you, this was Jesse. Jesse lucked out. Jesse came into did. their lives. Yeah. In more ways than one. Because yeah. she blows all the others out of the water completely. She's a clear winner. I've, I mean, sea cruise to Becky? Come on. Come on. Come on. Not even a competition, yeah. right? Even. Yeah. <laughs> so in the living room, DJ announces to a group of sixth graders that it's party time. And DJ, did you recognize some of the sixth graders? By yes. Way? Yeah. Well, that was my everywhere you look moment. But we can oh, talk sorry, about it now. Sorry. No, no, no. We can talk about it now. Did you well, recognize for the, any of them? I did because one of them was my friend. Oh, Corey. oh. Which one? Oh, well, you probably uh, I don't have the one who was wearing the side pony that I walk by and I go, "Love your hair," oh. and she's like, "Oh yeah, that no is way. my friend uh, Tori Clive, who I met when I was three years old, um, and they have been family friends of ours." still are to this day. Oh. Um, but Tori was, a, she was a little bit older. We met at my dance studio, but she was kind of closer to Candace's age. Right, I remember She was her. like a, like a sister to me sort of in real life. Um, but Tori was always coming and doing background stuff for ah. you, for like DJ and Kimmy sets because right. she was, she was know, our age. Sixth oh my grade, gosh. yeah. I didn't even, yeah. I didn't even notice her in the background. Yes, That's and so Gina cool. Traconis's daughter, our wardrobe lady's daughter. Oh, she was Christina. in there too? Oh my Christina, gosh. yeah. Wow. And Candace's cousin, Megan or Megan, um, is the blonde that's sitting on the coffee table, like in oh, the foreground. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, was there anyone in this background that was not related? Probably to not. And I, there were other people there too that I was like, they look familiar. Were they friends of mine from a dance studio too? Like it might, <laughs> like it might have been some other people I knew. Yeah. Just a little benefit of uh, being on a hit TV sitcom right. is you get to invite your friends and cousins and <laughs> exactly. and daughters to to be in the in the show. Yes. 
So Michelle walks into the room. She's holding a bowl of pretzels that is almost as big as her. Uh, DJ walks over, reminding Michelle that she's supposed to be in the kitchen. But Michelle drops the bowl and the pretzels go flying everywhere, which I felt really bad. It seemed organic. Like this seemed like she really dropped it. Like it wasn't scripted. I don't know. Did no, you it get was a scripted. feeling? It was, it was scripted. scripted. Okay. She yeah. just did it so naturally. It didn't look like somebody was prompting her to drop it. So I was very impressed with them. Uh, well, toddlers are one thing that they're really great at is dropping things <laughs> and being true. like that. Yeah, on the ground. And you're like, don't do that. And you're just like, okay. Yeah. That's so true. I, I have a feeling it was just tapped right into her natural abilities. Yeah, you don't need acting classes to learn how to drop no, things. No, so. no. For a toddler to say no and drop food on the floor, yeah, they were, no, it's. They were writing to her abilities for sure. Yes. <laughs> so she leans down to pick up her mess, but DJ assures her that DJ will clean it up. Jesse walks into the room to retrieve Michelle, and he starts to carry Michelle out of the room when he notices it's awfully quiet in here. He asks DJ, what's going on? It's supposed to be a party. And DJ whispers, they think you're cute. The camera pans to the sixth grade girls, all giving Jesse a small smile and a wave. uh, Jesse waves back and makes the comment, where were they when I was 12? I just wrote down, ew, stop. Yeah, I was like, that's, no, stop. Just leave. Leave the set. Yeah, exactly. Stop. Just stop now. Get out of there. Yes, exactly. Not born. Bye. So Jesse leaves, and uh, DJ promises the girls that that was the last interruption. The doorbell rings, and DJ tells everyone to get ready, because that's Kimmy. <laughs> this should be your first clue that it's not Kimmy, because Kimmy doesn't ring the doorbell. <laughs> she just walks right, right in everywhere. In. So <laughs> I thought that was a dead giveaway, but that's okay. Um, well, but remember, Kimmy knows about the surprise party, so she's oh. going to act, and DJ knows she knows, so she's probably going to be like, oh, okay. Okay, so this was kind of planned out, maybe in advance. Right. But DJ opens the door and the whole whole group yells surprise as Stephanie walks in <laughs> wearing with gloves her uh, one of those and poofy dresses. Bag. Oh yeah, matching yes. gloves, your little mm. purse, your little patent shoes. Like you are dressed yeah. for a very fancy party. You were like ready. You could go to church or you could ready go to for a-, a garden party. <laughs> yeah. It did look like a, you were just missing like a fascinator. It made That's me look older, but by older it, we meant like 70. <laughs> yeah. Um and she, so Stephanie announces, for me, you shouldn't have. It's just <laughs> so funny. Just leaning into this so hard, <laughs> selling it. Oh. But DJ glares at her and asks Stephanie, what are you doing here? Stephanie's excuse is that she just went out to check the mail <laughs> in your <laughs> fanciest dress. Yeah. Stephanie walks in, sees the pretzels on the floor and goes to pick them up saying, don't mind if I do. <laughs> DJ grabs her arm and yanks her away, saying, I mind if you do. She yells at Stephanie to go upstairs. And Steph responds, oh, dear me, I almost forgot. I do have a super-duper party waiting for me upstairs. Apparently, I turn into Angela Lansbury or something. (laughs) (laughs) You are so committed to this character. I Oh, God. I I mean, I was a kid. Like, here, act ridiculous. Oh, yes. Thank you. It was great. I was You're you're partially British at this point. Like, it's just hysterical. I mean, my my British accent was as good then as it was when I came back and did it in Full full House. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. You didn't really improve in those 36 or 30 whatever years, but uh, that's okay. Yeah, that's right. As Stephanie makes her way upstairs, she passes each girl, complimenting a few of them and adding, we must do this again sometime. You're just 
ready for your afternoon tea with the queen. Yeah. Um, Well, while everyone is distracted by Stephanie, they didn't realize that the door was left open and Kimmy walks in yelling surprise to everyone and everyone groans, realizing that the surprise was ruined. Wow, Steph blew it twice. I know, Steph, you're just, wow. DJ's, you can just see that she's fuming. I can see, I'd be pissed too. I'd be pissed too. I'm sorry, Deej, that I get it. Yep. Kimmy keeps overacting, telling everyone a surprise party for me. What a surprise. (laughs) Kimmy introduces her two karate friends to DJ, referring to them as the two friends you said I could invite, Nina and Melissa. They're in junior high. And the sixth graders immediately, ooh, at this. This is very impressive to be hanging out with junior high girls. Oh, my goodness. Nina and Melissa walk in, telling DJ, we wouldn't miss a party for our new pal, Cammy. DJ defensively tells them, uh, her name's Kimmy. Kimmy turns to DJ, telling her, uh, they wear lipstick. They can call me whatever they want. Kimmy? And this reminded me of this. this Kimmy? This happened in no. um, just one of the guys with Kurt Cameron, cousin Steve. Right. Who also called me Cammy, and DJ tried to correct him, and she's like, tried, "No, yeah. I'm Cammy." But if didn't he your to... own brother call you Cammy in that letter too? Didn't we have this discussion oh, yes, that he like right. wrote the letter and he wrote Cammy? Yeah. Does no one know Does your no name, know or name? are you actually Cammy and you don't know that it's? Yeah. That? <laughs> That's an interesting twist. Her real name is Cammy Gibbler. Cammy Gibbler. She just forgot. <laughs> That's yeah, in true Kimmy form. She finds out in her somewhere in her late forties that actually her name is Cammy, and her. Her parents forgot to tell her, and she yes. never paid attention. That yeah. should have been an episode in Fuller where, uh, yeah, Kimmy finds her birth certificate and is yeah, Right, and it's, wait, Cammy? <laughs> so Nina tells the girls that this party is dead. I mean, then she she's asks, not wrong. She's kind of not, yeah, they're just sitting around. Getting, then the surprises yeah. are getting it's spoiled. It's like the kids do now where they just sit around on their cell phones and stare oh, at a screen. Yeah. yeah. So then Nina asks DJ if her dad is home. DJ responds, no. And Melissa exclaims, Good. That is, this is a great party house. And DJ smiles and thanks them. But Nina adds, much better than the house we trashed last weekend. Uh-oh. Damn. It, For uh, junior high schoolers? I thought that was a little wild. young. Do junior high kids trash home? I thought that was more of a high school aged thing, not junior high. Maybe I was I mean, just- it's the 80s. So again, they had that, you know, do you know where your kids are at yeah. 10 p.m. things? So maybe seventh graders were out like- Having raging house parties? Yeah. I don't know. Okay, maybe that was the thing back in. It was just the thing. Yeah, it was, you know, whatever. Let them go. <laughs> Why <be> not? Fine. <laughs> Come in when the street light comes on. Otherwise, you're fine. Parents don't right, care yeah, where exactly. you are. Uh, so DJ and Kimmy look at each other, wide-eyed and nervous. And Melissa and Nina find the phone to call Greg, Andy, and the Duke. DJ, the quick- Duke sounds suspiciously old to be hanging out right. with middle schoolers. It's anyone that goes by the Duke, I'm the like, Duke? unless you're, yeah, unless you're no. part of the royal no. British family, like I, who, you, yes. that feels to me like someone who's like gotten held back a few years oh, and yeah. like is definitely like not a great influence. It's yeah, somebody who Duke, definitely trash a house. Yeah, unless Duke- she was talking about John Wayne, uh, in which case. <laughs> You know, I, I don't know. That's an entirely different interpretation. He also went by the Duke. Yeah, but uh, I don't think that was it either. Um, so DJ quickly walks over to them saying, hey, before you call any Dukes, do you mind telling me what you're doing? Nina tells her not to worry. In an hour, they'll have 50 or 60 kids there. Melissa's oh. on the phone with Duke when she asks what DJ's address is. DJ swoops in and takes the phone from her telling Duke, this is a crank call and hangs up immediately. 
Melissa looks at DJ and says, what a dweeb. DJ snaps back, telling them, uh, this party isn't for you and your friends. It's a party for Kimmy and her friends. Cammy. <laughs> so Cammy walks over to DJ in embarrassment, <laughs> telling her, DJ, you're messing everything up. Uh, Cammy reiterates the importance of them being in junior high, and DJ finally asks her, who cares? Which is so true. It's, like, really, yeah. let, what, the yeah. bigger picture here, Kimmy, like, it doesn't matter that they're in junior high. I know. I, I actually kind of felt bad for I was like, Kimmy, no, stop. Like, she's, Kimmy's usually so, like, into, like, who she is and being independent and kind of whatever. And oh. I was like, no, Kimmy, no. no. Kimmy no, no, is no, no, no. very you need highly influenced by bad influences. She just wants to be part of the cool kids. You're right. This is a departure well, from her character later on. But, I mean, uh, to, in, in all fairness, the one girl is wearing a dream of an acid denim. Oh, yeah. Acid wash denim outfit with a jacket and a skirt. It was made. It was I'm really pretty cute. sure that was like in commercials for that that board game, like mall madness or whatever. Oh, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Or <laughs> like the punky that Brewster exact doll. Thing. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that was it. So, you know, I get it. Kimmy was like, I want to be like them. I want to be them. Yes. I think this is yes. common. A lot of kids go through this just wanting to oh, be yeah. part of the cool crowd until they yep. see the light and realize, you know what? Yep. Cool crowd isn't always that cool. They're usually not. They're usually not. Uh, so Nina announces, this is the land of the lame. Come on, Kimmy. Let's get out of here. Kimmy starts to follow the older girls out and DJ calls after her. You can't leave your own birthday party. And Kimmy is torn. She looks towards Nina, Melissa, and then she looks back at DJ. And finally, she just says emphatically, you can't tell me what to do. DJ explains that she's not telling her what to do. She's just saying, don't act dumb. And Kimmy gets very defensive and she says, oh, well, now I'm dumb. Melissa tells her if, if she, she is, if she stays here. And Nina encourages Kimmy, saying the mall is open until nine o'clock. So Kimmy agrees with the girls, telling them, let's do it and leaves the surprise party. We fade Kimmy, out on Kimmy, an embarrassed Kimmy. and sad DJ and go to a sad commercial break. Like, that, I'm sorry, this is a dick move. I will own it. Like, this is, Kimmy is so rude and so mean to DJ who oh, threw rude. her this yeah. party. Yeah, yeah. Right, Kim, talk about Kimmy's, unappreciative. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, you know? Kimmy's going through it. She's going through Kimmy's it, but through there's it. no excuse to treat your best friend like this. Like, it's no, just, no. absolutely not. Absolutely not. I it's, get it. She's she, young. She was very selfish. Yes. Uh, and very really, impressionable. And, yeah. And really wanting to be cool. And yeah, it was a, it was a shame. It was a it was a, a poor choice. It but was definitely a poor choice. You were in sixth grade also. Yeah. Yeah. I guess as an 11 or 12 year old, whatever we were at this time, that's it's a common thing to. Yeah. have to be oh, faced yeah, with yeah. a decision like this and then you make the wrong one, but that's okay. Yeah. That's, it's a rite of passage, you know? Oh, yeah. So we return from the sad commercial break uh, in DJ and Stephanie's room where Stephanie has lined up her stuffed animals in rows, telling them there will be no talking in class. Steph continues playing teacher, calling out Mr. Bear. This is it. He, this is it. here. The heavens he have arrived. opened up. And here is Mr. Bear. Mr. Bear oh, is here. Oh, yeah. Yep. What took so long for Mr. Bear to appear? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why uh, why it took so long to to feature him. But, you know, but and he's here now. And he's that's all here that now. Yes. And did you have any idea at this moment that Mr. Bear would become such an iconic part of Stephanie's story? Or was this just like a random? I don't think so. No, I think it was just animal. a random thing that we found. And then we. I think they just thought he was like, you know, kind of funny and cute because he's dressed as Humphrey Bogart from Casablanca <laughs> that they were like, it's just sort of silly that, you know, Steph has this bear in a trench coat 
Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah. And it just stuck. I'm so glad Mr. Bear has finally joined the Full House so, universe here. So yeah. Mr. I feel like we got, we got Mr. Bear and Becky in the same episode. Yeah. This is a huge episode, like a huge episode. It really is. This is setting the tone for the rest of the series, basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Stephanie tells Mr. Bear, if it's so funny, why don't you share it with everybody? Clearly copying something her teacher has said. Oh, I've never had a teacher tell me that before in my life. <laughs> no talking nope. in class? Never. Oh, well, sure. Sure, Jody. <laughs> so the stuffed animals are just staring blankly back at Stephanie when DJ comes huffing into the room and Steph asks if she wants to play school. DJ plops on her bed and sighs, saying she wants to quit school. Stephanie asks, is that because you ate lunch by yourself today? DJ corrects her. I wasn't eating by myself. I was eating alone. There's a big difference. Steph turns to her stuffed animal students, asking them any questions, class. Mr. Bear seemingly asks a question, which Stephanie relays very, to very DJ. Very, involved in class, that bear. Oh, he's an A student, in my opinion. He really is. Uh, Mr. Bear wants to know why all the kids in school were calling DJ a geek burger. DJ stands up and grabs Mr. Bear, saying he's going to the principal's office, and she throws him in the toy chest. <laughs> and then Steph corrects her, that's the cafeteria. Because <laughs> <laughs> God forbid you throw the bear in the wrong room, yeah. pretend room. Yeah. <laughs> so Stephanie continues, I told them you weren't a geek burger. Then they called me a geek burger junior. How rude. We have, this is a double How Rude episode. Wow. This is, yeah. I'm telling you, a, a, a just an incredible episode all around. Two How Rudes and Mr. <laughs> Two Bear. Two How Rudes, a Becky, a Mr. Bear. Wow. Kimmy yeah. in a fabulous checkered outfit. I mean, there's so yeah, much happening. Yeah, there's so much happening. So DJ tells her, it's all Kimmy's fault. She hates my guts because I wouldn't let her stupid friends take over the party and wreck my house. Now she's turned the whole school against me. Damn, Kimmy, that's cold. Jeez, she's so cold. Kimmy is so awful in this episode. <laughs> so awful. Steph sits down next to DJ, trying to comfort her by saying, don't feel bad. I know you're not a geek burger. Aw. Steph pushes her arm and thanks her, adding, and I know you're not a geek burger, Junior. Steph pushes her right back, thanking her as well. Steph gets up and says, well, until this blows over, I think I'll change my name to Connie Chung. <laughs> Is Stephanie Mm. watching Connie Chung at the age of six? Like, is this just like a thing? (laughs) Yes, I knew who she was. She was a news anchor. (laughs) It's just such a mature reference. You know what's weird is I think there were several references made to her. I mean, she was like, it was like Connie Chung, Barbara Walters. Like, they were sort of Diane Sawyer. Yeah. It was like there were three female news anchors or new, you know, that was about it. But um, they were legendary. Yeah. That's, totally. So, but yeah, Connie Chung, I, no one would ever know. I love that Stephanie is a fan of Connie Chung. That just makes a lot of sense. I mean, she's thinking smart. She's like, how is nobody ever going to look for me? And that, not nobody would look for her. <laughs> she's right. So next, we cut to the living room where Danny is cleaning the TV with the whole family gathered around it. Joey tells and him it to- it is anxiety cleaning. Oh, anxiety cleaning. Yes, taking out all it his really anxiety. Is, I, this is a case study in some sort of like OCD anxiety, like yeah. how trauma is affect. Yeah, anyway, we'll get into that. Because if you notice, but, he's always anxious, right? When he, before or during cleaning. Right, before he's doing something and it's getting worse and yeah. it's getting, you know, it's, it's that, okay. That house is very clean now though. I it get looks it. looks much better than it did in the beginning. It, this is true. And I, I understand because I tend to clean too when I'm angry or need to like I get some aggression yeah. out. So it's a very effective technique. Mm-hmm. 
But Joey tells him to stop Windexing. They're dying to watch his first show. Stephanie reminds him not to play the tape until Uncle Jesse gets there. Oh, Danny knew he forgot something. The tape. Becky interjects, saying she brought it. And Danny admires the two of them, saying, what a team. I forget, and you remember. This is, that's the motto of our team. Right. <laughs> we should, that's, that's the tagline for you our Tanneritos. <laughs> right. What a team. I forget, and you remember. Yeah. Uh, so Becky walks over to her purse, which is by the front door, to grab the tape. And in walks Jesse. He sees Becky and immediately says, have mercy. He shakes her hand and Becky assumes it's Jesse. Danny's told her about him. Jesse smiles and asks, oh, well, what did he say? And Becky reiterates, he said he had a brother-in-law named Jesse. And she walks away. <laughs> so Becky Burn. just put from the very beginning, she's just like, no. Yep, and this so, is what Jesse no. needs, somebody to kind of just yep, like bring him back down, bring Check him back him down bit. to yeah. reality, you know? <laughs> but, so Jesse's offended, telling Danny, well, thanks for the buildup, pal. And Jesse continues the conversation with Becky, asking, oh, well, you must be Rebecca. And she tells him, no, please call me Becky. Jesse responds, Becky, I like that. Becky, Becky, Becky. <laughs> he tells her he was going to go get something to drink and asks if she'd like something. She asks what they've got. And he asks what she likes. And she responds, whatever you have. <laughs> such a weird, like, you're, they're flirting in front of the whole family. It's weird flirting. It's just, yeah. I don't even, I, I don't even know that she's flirting, though. I think she, like, the way I took it is that oh. he's flirting and she's just like, what do you have? Like, like just tell me, do you, yeah, do you have beer, wine, Sprite, or water? Uh, you know? Water, <laughs> juice, I don't know. What do you, yeah, like, that's kind of how I felt uh, about it. Yes. She's like, get like, to I the point. Like, I think from the beginning, she's just like... No. She's very matter of fact. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And Jesse's trying to drag this out and make this a thing. And it's, yeah, she's not, she's not responding. Um, So Jesse decides that they should go get drinks together and they exit to the kitchen. And they already have so much chemistry. Like just from this two minute interaction, I'm like, wow. Yeah. The chemistry is just popping off the screen. They're just two very attractive people and they're already, you know, getting along great. I love watching these early interactions between I know, right? people that I become the iconic. Cute. The Jesse Becky meet cute. Yes. yes. <laughs> oh, it's so great. Um, so Danny looks over at DJ asking if everything's okay. And she tells him, yeah, she's fine. She can't wait to watch the show. She's not very convincing, but that's okay. We cut to the kitchen where Jesse is grabbing some drinks out of the fridge. He asks Jesse if she's found an apartment yet. She says she's found plenty. The problem is they all have people living inside. Jesse laughs as he pours their drinks, telling her, I find a sense of humor very attractive in a woman. Becky tells him, this is going to sound weird, but uh, he reminds her of someone. Jesse slyly goes to close the kitchen door as he asks, who's that? (laughs) Becky laughs and tells him, it's silly, you don't want to hear it. And Jesse assures her to go ahead. People tell him all the time. Then he breaks out in his Elvis voice saying, come on, pretty mama, lay it on me. Becky laughs and admits, you remind me of Corky. Jesse's confused. Corky? Becky tells him, that's her little baby brother. And he used to do that same cute Elvis voice. (laughs) Jesse uncomfortably asks, I remind you of your little baby brother? And Becky's like, yeah, it's uncanny. (laughs) She tells Jesse, Corky and I would go up to Sutter's Pond to catch frogs. And he would always say, come on, little froggy mama. As she tries out a cute Elvis voice, too. She did a great impression, too. Yeah. Very impressed with her. 
Jesse says, Elvis never said that. And Becky laughs and tossles his hair as she walks away, saying, you really are cute. And Jesse says aloud, we are so far from where I want to be. Like oh, he's already been friend so great. I loved this. this I loved so it. And I forgot that this was sort of the dynamic in the beginning that Becky was kind of like, I don't know. Yeah. You. Yeah. She puts him in the brother zone, not even the friend zone, but the yeah, brother yeah. zone. Like, you remind me of my brother. Yeah. <laughs> Je- I've been waiting. For- this is so satisfying. I've been waiting for this. After Jesse has dated everyone in the greater San Francisco right. area. Yeah. He also, deserves- though, something to think about. Hmm. Rebecca. Mm-hmm. It continues. I mean, she goes by Becky. She yeah. goes by Becky. Yeah. But Rebecca. Rebecca. Yep. It's the trend. It's another A name. Has continued, but she shortens it to Becky. So yeah. But yeah, you're right. Technically, Rebecca. Goodness. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on Wasp. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. They burned us and subject us to really horrible. Uh, cruel and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us, so we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They prey on you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. At this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me, and not just because I've already experienced it, sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always gonna have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here... We have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. 
I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. So back in the living room, everyone is gathered around as Danny reminds them that this is their first show, so they were a little nervous. The family urges him to just play it, so he does, and the tape starts. Danny starts off the show with an awkward ad lib. Danny pauses the tape, telling the family he thought that joke was pretty good. Everyone politely agrees, and Joey urges, yeah, that was a great 12 seconds. Is there more? (laughs) Danny resumes the recording, and this time, Rebecca ad-libs a joke that the whole family actually laughs at. Danny doesn't like this. Danny pauses the tape and comments, you didn't laugh at my joke. This, again, was such a Bob moment. I was like, such a I, Bob yeah. moment. Didn't, wait, but didn't you think I was funny? Why didn't like, you laugh at my joke? Why didn't you laugh you at know? my joke? You laughed at his funny. You know? <laughs> He's just so right. jealous that people aren't right. laughing at his I was, joke. I wrote down such a Bob thing. You didn't laugh at my joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Stephanie assures him, uh, we were laughing inside. And, and I have also said that to Bob. You've said that or, to or, him. Yeah. Yeah. Or it said something. He like waited for a joke. I remember one time he waited till everybody was quiet and then he just said something and it didn't get a laugh. Oh, and I just no. looked up and I went, I'm so glad we waited for that. And was like, <laughs> <laughs> Aw. Like, he was so Aww. dejected. <laughs> Poor Bob. He was so sensitive. So we sensitive. You, we do. So Danny asks if he, he should rewind the tape so that they can hear his joke again. And the whole family is like, no, we don't want to see it again. Joey finally just snatches the remote and plays the tape, but not long after, cartoons suddenly appear on the TV. Uh, Was it Wildcats, I believe? Oh, I don't know. Something like that? I wasn't paying attention, huh? We find out that Michelle is holding the remote, and uh, Danny tells her, hey, you just turned off Daddy's new show. In response, Michelle sticks out her tongue at him. (laughs) (laughs) And before Danny is able to switch the channel back, Steph and Joey voice their desire to keep the cartoons on for a while. Hey, you know, I don't blame them. They had to watch their cartoons. Yeah. So up in uh, DJ and Stephanie's room, the famous Red Lips phone rings. God, I love that thing. And uh, for whatever reason, Jesse is there and he answers it. He calls down to DJ. It's for her. Jesse tells her it's Kimmy. And DJ grabs the phone and immediately hangs up. Jesse and Joey walk over to her as she's sitting on her bed with Mr. Bear. They ask her if something's wrong, and she responds, oh, I told that kid a million times to keep her junk off my bed, and she throws Mr. Bear onto Stephanie's bed. Tossing a Mr. Bear. I know, right? She's like, no, you got, Mr. Bear is sacred. Handle with care. Um, They ask her if she's pretty bummed, and she denies it while twirling a piece of her hair. Jesse points out how she always twirls her hair like that when she's bummed. And so DJ finally admits, well, you'd be bummed too if Kimmy got the whole school saying you're a geek burger. Joey points out that she could have been calling to apologize. DJ tells them, well, she can dial till her fingers fall off. I'm never talking to that little traitor again. Kimmy deserves this though. You know, like this, Kimmy was not nice this episode. Jesse assures her that she can't mean that. Kimmy is her best friend. And DJ corrects him, ex-best friend. (laughs) She gets up and sits on Stephanie's bed. Jesse forces Joey to go over to her, and he tells DJ, I know you're upset with Kimmy, but that doesn't mean you throw the whole friendship out the window. DJ responds, ex-friendship, 
out the X window and she moves over to the little table. And I love how the director's using blocking in this scene to kind of, he uses right. DJ's agitation to kind of move her from space to right. space to avoid the guys and their questioning. Well, you know, a sitcom, you're always like, sitcom, like the pacing, you have to be crossing and moving and otherwise it's just a dead shot. And yeah, yeah this, the, but this, this episode we talked about, like had just much different pacing, yeah. a little bit slower, like moments breathed a little bit more. It didn't feel like it was, you know, uh, uh, quite as uh, sitcom-y right. of a pace. You know oh, what I mean? It felt I like, like it. it breathed a little bit more. I loved it. I yeah, it was great. I thought it was great. It was almost, I almost wonder if this uh, director was like a single cam director. It, that's what it felt it like. Felt it like felt like it. he was maybe a soap opera director or a single oh. cam, but like that more... Just the, the closer-ups, the different angles. I, mm-hmm. I I like it. I'm here for it. Yeah. Uh, so Jesse and Joey fight over who should go talk to her next, and Joey is forced to. He tells her she's so upset because... The people that hurt you the most are the people that you love the most, which is brilliant insight from Joey. Yes. The people that can hurt you. The, the people that can hurt you the most are the people that you love the most. Yes, that's right. It's, yeah. it's so true. Um, Joey walks over to Jesse using the two of them as an example. Jesse glares at him, asking, is that the best example? But Jesse's kidding. Joey's right, and he has a story to prove that. Jesse tells DJ, just last week, Joey taped over my favorite Elvis video with Pee-wee's Playhouse. And then he does some voices that I'm not going to uh, try to replicate. But he continues, the point is, Joey made a mistake, but I forgave him. Erasing a friendship is a lot worse than erasing a tape. DJ walks over to the phone and tells them, well, I still think she's a nerd bomber. Joey talks- These creative insults are- I love so, it. Yeah, Nerd Bomber, Geek, geek Burger, Burger. Nerd Bomber, yeah. Yeah, Geek Burger Jr., a Geek Burger yeah. cheese is coming up. I, I love it. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Joey talks to DJ next, asking if she remembers her beat-up old flat soccer ball that he accidentally threw away. DJ remembers. It's the ball she scored her first goal with. She was so mad at him, but she isn't anymore. And Joey explains, if you hadn't forgiven me, we would have missed out on all the good times we've had between then and now and all the good times we're going to have. DJ understands that they're trying to get her to give Kimmy another chance. Joey tells her, part of having a best friend is being a best friend. Let the hurt go away, not Kimmy. Like, there's such great sound bites in this scene. I know. Great I advice. got a lot out of this episode. I did, too. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah. oh, this really rings mm-hmm. true. I just yeah. am amazed at these two uncles that didn't know how to diaper right? a baby a season ago are just giving this yeah. great advice. No, this was such say. a great scene. It was like yeah. so real. Very real. And it definitely gave DJ a lot of things to think about. Mm-hmm. So Stephanie yells up. Steph is off screen, but she yells up to DJ telling her, Kimmy Gibbler's downstairs. DJ tells Joey that, okay, she'll go talk to her. Once DJ leaves, Jesse stutters trying to commend Joey on his advice. He tells him, I'm touched. That was really beautiful. Joey pats him on the shoulder, saying, I think we really helped the kid out, huh, Ozzy? And Jesse agrees. We sure did, Harriet. <laughs> By the way, for those of you who are like, who's Ozzy? And I don't remember oh. Ozzy Osbourne being with anyone named Harriet. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, it's, yeah, Ozzy and Harriet were a, like, 1950s sitcom about, like, this great little family life, yes. whatever. Old school, yeah. old school style. Yeah. Nothing to do with Ozzy Osbourne. Right. <laughs> Thank goodness. 
Uh, we cut to the living room where Kimmy is waiting for DJ. And this is one of those cool shots that you mentioned. Yes, the, where we're like, Kimmy's sitting here and she's in the foreground. Yeah. like, so, And then DJ's kind of soft focused in the back. And it was, it was oh, a very yeah. single cam type of shot. Yeah, it, it was I, great. I liked it. And it kind of highlighted my hair, which I loved, which was in like this yeah. banana clip. Oh, it looked so cute. Oh, oh I love, love the banana this clip. Yeah. With the ban- you I'm looked like, so great. The checkers, the like yeah. bigger ones on top, the small, yeah, was, very oh, fashion felt, forward, Kimmy. Yeah. I felt great in this episode. You looked I great. Loved my hair. You looked loved great, my outfits. and you did a fantastic performance. Oh well, we're com- let's we'll get to that because I don't yeah. I don't necessarily agree. Um, <gasps> uh, so DJ and Kimmy coldly say hi to one another, and DJ encourages her to go ahead and apologize. Kimmy questions apologize. DJ assumed that that's the reason why she came here, but DJ says no. She's there because her mom told her to go over and get her presents. Ooh, oh my, what a burn. Yeah. Wow. Like it, she just keeps getting ruder. Ruder <laughs> and ruder. This sound, you know what? I can see Mrs. Gibbler giving this advice to her daughter. Yes, yeah, like, sure, yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter that her, her daughter's been a total dick. Just go over there and get your presents. Right, right. Where's your presents? Yeah. <laughs> so DJ asks, uh, but if you don't apologize, how can I forgive you? Kimmy asks, forgive me for what? Getting kicked out of my own party? DJ argues, I didn't kick you out. You left. Kimmy shoots back, because you embarrassed me in front of Nina and Melissa. DJ finally asks, what's wrong with you? I can't believe you'd rather be friends with girls who really aren't your friends than friends with a friend who already was your friend. Kimmy tells her, I don't know what you just said, but same to you, geek burger. (laughs) (laughs) DJ says, don't call me that, Kimmy Gobbler. Kimmy calls her a double geek burger with cheese. Ooh. Which is the ultimate insult is the back ultimate. in the 1988. Oof. And DJ tells her she hates her. Kimmy says <gasps> she hates DJ too and tells mm. her to mail mail me my presents. So this, wow. like, I, I can't believe they used the H word <laughs> that they actually said, I yeah, hate, I hate you I to hate the you. other person. Yeah. This is getting very ugly very fast. Yeah. But also very, very typical sixth grade girl, best friend yep. things. Yep. Everything is of uber importance and they fight. And it's the like worst thing and ever. And it's all right. Yeah. Yep. So dramatic. So, so much drama. So Kimmy starts to storm out, but before she makes it to the front door, DJ tells her to wait. And there's definitely like a tonal shift here. Also marked mm-hmm. by the beginning of the violins. Right. DJ asks, how could you call me all those names in school? Kimmy tells her, I wasn't the only one. Everyone was calling you. Well, you know, the G word. DJ reminds her, you're supposed to be my friend. And Kimmy corrects her, best friend. DJ smiles and agrees, best friend. DJ goes on to ask, well, if we don't make up, how are we going to share lockers in junior high? Kimmy adds on, we won't get to go to college together. DJ says, we won't be able to marry identical twins and be congresswomen. (laughs) Kimmy nods, we got to make up or our lives will be ruined. They should have brought this back in Fuller House. We weren't congresswomen. We weren't, you know, marrying identical twins. So uh, we really got off track there in Fuller House. Kimmy tells her she really is sorry. She admits, I'm sorry I brought those dumb junior high girls to the party. I'm sorry I left with them. I'm sorry they dumped me when they met those two cute guys at the mall. And I'm really sorry I told everybody you're a geek burger. I'm the geek burger. DJ smiles and tells her, don't say that about my best friend. The girls hug. Aww. The audience awes. Yes. This is such a great. This is such a great moment. Yep. 
And DJ reminds her that she never opened her birthday present. Uh, DJ runs and grabs a big rainbow box with purple bows and hands it to Kimmy, telling her, happy birthday. Kimmy opens it and pulls out a purple hat, saying, this is like only the raddest hat in the entire universe. <laughs> it's got sequins on it. Oh, it's got bling. It's purple. Yeah. It's a lot. Kimmy loves it. Kimmy is so yeah, here for it's it. Very, it's all 80s yeah, all the time. All 80s. Uh, so Kimmy puts it on and DJ comments, well, it should be. It cost a fortune. Which I, well, I guess if DJ's spending her own money from her own allowance, yes, that's, right, that costs that's a fortune. Yeah. Kimmy asks, well, what do you want to do now? DJ suggests they open up all of her birthday presents and then go to the mall and exchange them. Kimmy argues, but I might like them. And DJ assures her, no, you won't. Believe me, I already opened them. And they continue <laughs> opening presents. And that is our show. Da-da-da. Oh, my goodness. Da-da. This last scene was wow. so hard for me to watch, though, because I could really? see, oh my gosh, I could see how hard I was concentrating. And I don't, and I was, I could feel my stress. And I don't know if I was stressed about remembering my lines or trying to hit these emotional beats that were, all, you know, Kimmy doesn't usually get emotional beats. It's all like one, zinger after zinger after right, zinger. Right, right. And so, but I could see myself concentrating so hard. And I don't know if I loved my pacing. I wish I had done it differently. I mean, here we are. 36 years later, right. critiquing this. But yeah, I felt like this was early on in my journey as a, a serious actor. And so- um, See, I thought it actually was great. Really? I okay. thought, yeah, I thought you actually did a really good job oh, with it. Well, thanks. I Maybe I'm being overcritical of myself, but uh, I definitely was cringing Probably. as I was watching but it. I, no, I was not at all. I actually, I I, I wrote down like such a great scene. Oh. Um, oh. I thought you guys did a really good job together. Thank and I thought you. like- it was a, you know, a real journey of Kimmy being like upset and this and that. And then, you know, the apology and you just really saw a lot of their relationship Aww. in it. So well, I thought you. you did great. Thank yeah. you. I do. I do think that Candace and I had great chemistry and you, oh, it was yeah. believable that we had been best friends for, sure. for a long time. It was yep. believable that they were both hurt for different reasons. Yeah. Um, I am wondering, though, did you think do you think DJ forgave Kimmy a little too quickly like, shouldn't Kimmy have had to work I, a little bit harder? That. I was like, what, like the part where she's like, basically Kimmy was calling her the name too. She's like, well, everybody was doing it. Yeah. Then suddenly she's like, yeah, but I'm your best friend. I was like, Kimmy. Yeah. You were just, I think yeah, that, I Kimmy felt like had DJ, to, you had to earn it a little bit yeah, more. But I agree. We also were getting to the end of the show and we had to wrap it up. Yeah, so. we were at 22 minutes and we, <laughs> we, we were needed to wrap minutes. up We didn't have time scene. for this anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, no, I did. I it felt a little bit quick, but all you know, that's usually that's the resolution sitcom. in a sitcom. Yeah. You're like, wait, wow, that was a, that was quick. That was quick. But, yeah, that's true. But I think by the end, DJ and Kimmy's friendship was ultimately strengthened by this yes. fight. You know, and this is not the Absolutely. last time we fight over Kimmy's birthday party. Like, there's more birthday parties to come. More birthday that we're drama. It's always, a, it's always a birthday. It's always a birthday. <laughs> always a birthday. And I don't even know Kimmy's birth date. Like, I've people have asked me before, and I'm like, I don't know what. I've never actually known what well, any of the characters' see, birthdays. This, okay, this this episode aired when in October in October of eighty eight. October twenty first. Uh, let me go back up. Yeah, that sounds right. Was it? I'm gonna say Kimmy's maybe born. I I, I could I could see Kimmy see, as an October October baby. I don't know what yeah. sign that is, but uh, yeah, okay, maybe September, maybe September. Yeah, is Kimmy a Virgo? Uh, I don't know. I don't think she's don't organized. Like, she's not organized to... enough to be a Virgo. It's true. She's well, but she kind is of a with hot the party mess. planning. 
How many, oh, how yeah, many that's true. birthday parties did you pull together in the backyard in 10 minutes? You're right. The 10 minute. Yeah, that's I could something do the, nobody could do. <laughs> Finding so, a cow, yeah. a full cow for the kitchen. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, I, Kimmy, is, yeah, she's killing it. So maybe she has a Virgo. Okay. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll buy that. Let's, well, but yeah, when is Kimmy's birthday? When is, <laughs> yeah, when is Oliver's birthday? And you know what? I'm sure somebody out there knows. If you oh, know please. when any of the Full House characters, not us in real life, obviously, but when... Like if there's ever a mention of specific birthdays yeah. of the characters, like whether it's a month or an actual day or anything, yeah, we'd love to know because I don't know if there, I don't remember if there was, yeah, I don't know or if not it's part of the the canon of Full House, but yeah, I have no idea. There, if it is, we'd love to hear it, and if not, we'd love to hear what you think and uh, what what sign do you think that all of the characters are. That yeah. would, there we go. That'd be a good That's deep some, uh, dive right there. Yes. <laughs> and let us know. Make sure you guys Wait, are we have following. A, we have everywhere you look. We got to do everywhere you look. Oh, oh. See, do you have, well, do, if you have some, if you don't have them, I've got a couple. Um, I do actually. And my one everywhere you look, it, it was a bit of a personal moment, but it was oh. also something. It, so my everywhere you look is in the very, be- I think the beginning scene. Okay. Uh, Michelle is sitting in her high chair and she has a rainbow bright bowl <gasps> oh, in I, front of her. I did see that. That's so cool. I love now, rainbow I was bright. a huge rainbow bright fan as a kid. Had rainbow bright birthday parties. Like it was, I loved rainbow bright. Mm. And usually on shows, like you have to pay licensing fees and whatever, oh, yeah. all that kind of stuff. So I have a feeling that was like whatever little snack cup maybe that Ashley and Mary Kate had and they just like set it on the thing and didn't switch it over into oh, something no. else because they were like whatever it's a little plastic not like in a bad way like they just were like that's just michelle's thing okay um because it's something you don't often see they usually like, other cover up the the, the, the yeah it's usually greek or something right yeah. so um but anyway rainbow bright was in there and i was thrilled i was like oh, oh my god rainbow bright but that was oh. my that was my everywhere you look oh i like that along with one. friends in the in the uh in the party scene. That's so great. I'm going to go back and watch that party scene just to see everybody else that yeah. I missed. It's so funny. Did um, you have an everywhere you look? I do. I have a couple. One is um, in DJ's room. Did you notice all the horses? Like there's horse figurines. Suddenly. Yes. Just, it's yeah. exploded. Horse figurines, yeah. horse posters, like horse decorations on the wall. Yes. And we have an episode coming up. I was going to say, well, it's because there's an episode coming up where DJ's into horses. So yes. probably when they were planning out the season of episodes, they were like, oh, we need to make her into a horse girl a little bit sooner <laughs> than we made her into a Stacey Q fan. Right. <laughs> we need to put the horses so in evidence set it up a little early. bit more with this one. Right. <laughs> yes. yes. Hey, that's very forward thinking. They they were thinking yeah. several episodes in advance, exactly. which is, which is exactly. groundbreaking for yes. for them. That's so funny. Um, and the only other one, um, it's sort of an everywhere you look, but- when Kimmy's opening her present from DJ, the the lovely purple hat, right? The gift is prop wrapped. You know they wrap gifts differently on TV than you do in real life. So you you wrap the top of the of the box, oh right, you wrap so separate the box, from the bottom the box, of the box, right, right, right. So the actor can right. open it easier and, and for continuity, so you're not it's tearing better. the paper and all, right? Yeah, yeah. So it, it cracks me up every time I see this in TV or movies when an actor right? opens because it's present. so much effort to actually wrap a box that way. <laughs> yes. where You wrap the lid and perfectly tuck it and tape it, and then yeah. you do the bottom part, and then it's like a thing and you take it off. Yeah, yeah. Way too much effort, no. but uh, no, per- no, perfect gift, for TV. I am a gift bag kind of gal. Let me tell you. <laughs> That's what we needed was gift bags back then. Gift bags, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, 
She spent so much money on that hat. She obviously had to really put some effort into wrapping it. So. Yeah, that's true. She got to present it in a, as a, a you a can't that hat. You can't just throw it in a bag. No, it's purple. It's sequined. It's all about the presentation the of the purple sequined hat. <laughs> well, that's all I got well, for everybody. Happy birthday, Kimmy! Oh, thank you. <laughs> whenever it is, thank you. <laughs> when, whenever it is, whenever your birthday is, happy birthday, Kimmy Gibbler, uh, or shall I say, Cammy? Cammy Gibbler, um, right? Cammy Gobbler. <laughs> But we are so glad that you guys tuned in with us this week. And uh, next episode, we are going to be looking at season two, episode three. It's not my job. Mm. Said that many times before. Yeah. Uh, but we're, that'll be so much fun to have you there next week. Uh, and in the meantime, if you guys want to follow us on Instagram, you can follow us at How Rude Podcast. You can also send us an email at howrudepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, make sure you're liking and subscribing wherever you're listening to the podcast so that you can get brand new episodes right when they come out. And uh, yeah, we love having you guys here again for another week. And remember, everyone, the world is small, but the house is full. Wow. Wow. See? Like this is, I'm, I'm, now get, I'm like a little every disappoint- third or fourth time I'm a little that I get that you're, you're getting it right. So Don't many worry. Times. I get overconfident and then go wait and then, yeah. Okay. So maybe next time, maybe next time you'll screw it up. <laughs> There's always tomorrow. <laughs> this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts hey guys this is paris hilton Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP, the worldwide association of specialty programs in schools. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. It was trying to brand us. We were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. Join my host as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.